Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Cloud Architects podcast. Today we have something huge. The guy who discovered the leak of all leaks, the, the auto discover leak and has had everyone who knows what exchange is up in arms. Now what we'd like to do with this particular episode is clear the air. So we're going to talk to the lead security researcher Amit and he's going to tell us his side of the story um, and it's going to be unbiased and we're going to listen and hopefully by the end of this particular episode you will understand what he was trying to do why he did it and why it's not microsoft's fault <laughs> so yes i think i look i think i think um you know from my perspective i've been following this quite closely um you know it's it's it certainly has ruffled some feathers and and it's kind of people have gone through like the eight the eight state uh, eight stages of uh, of um grief uh, of mm. grief right with this you can kind of watch the reactions of, of mm. folks um i i do also think that there's been some of the tech press who have just turned this into more of a more of a microsoft hating story than it actually is um exactly. you know there's there's no doubt that if we can even call it a, a clickbaity story Clickbaity yeah. story, I think, is a very good way to to to, to do this, and I, I, you know, and I think um, there is definitely something there, right? I mean, we, you know, talking to Amit, five months worth of research here, forty gigs worth of credential data, you can't deny that there's something happening and that there's something there, right? And so, you know, I felt it was really important for us to have a really good open conversation. He's, he, he, you know, he was. Um, really i think great guy to talk to um obviously oh, yeah, awesome. really really smart and um but very approachable very approachable you know i reached out to him on you know on linkedin after all of this broke and honestly i didn't think that i was going to get a response from him mm -hmm. you know i just kind of figured it was going to be one of the thousands of <laughs> messages in his linkedin inbox but but he you know responded to me you know within 12 hours and, and, and was very open to having a discussion um which i you know great i i, I think it's, it's really good but also i think you know um yeah, I, there's there's no there's no sense um, trying to discredit someone's work or, or anything like that. I think it was, uh, it was it was a good discussion. There's been a lot of coverage on this. Right? Again, and, and he said he he talks the truth and he says mm -hmm. that in some cases he could replicate the issue and in some yeah. cases he couldn't replicate the issue yeah. and he completely writes that down in the article and the if anybody took the time to read the article from start to finish. Um, there's a good chance they wouldn't have reacted the way they did. Hmm. Yep, and, and and I think that's the problem with like syndicated articles, right? Is folks nitpick and and cherry pick the the pieces that that send the message they want to send. Yes. Right. And and um and it's always just it's enough always truth. Fun. Just enough yep. truth to not be lying, but at the same <laughs> time paint a picture. So anyway, uh, fantastic episode. Um, you know, great great catching up with Mitt, and um, you know, really hope everyone enjoys. Uh, enjoys the conversation and and get something out of the conversation right um, you know, really trying to set the record straight here trying to figure out um you know the truth of of how bad this is um are you vulnerable those types of things so it's a, a really good question and this is a longer episode we do answer a lot of burning questions like if i'm running exchange on premises am i vulnerable so that and a bunch of other answers are coming right up hi amit uh thank you thank you so much for joining us uh we we are 
doing three time zones today, which is, you know, not completely abnormal for us. Uh, but really, really appreciate you uh, joining during the, the, the chat. Um, I think to set up uh, the conversation and, and, and you know, obviously um, anyone who follows anything related to Microsoft Exchange or, or Office 365, M365 over the last week or so um, has probably noticed uh, there's been some chatter about auto discover and, and leak credentials and, and, and things like that. And of course, you know, both the InfoSec and the Microsoft communities have kind of picked this up and, and kind of everyone's just went charging and run with it. Right. Um, and so, you know, um, uh, obviously this is something that you've been working on for a while. And so we're super, super excited that you want to talk to us about it. There's obviously something there. Right. Um, and yeah, really, really appreciate it. So I, I guess to start off with, I mean, you know, do you want to, it's probably better if you give us a, just a quick synopsis to anyone who hasn't actually caught the story or, or, or read the research, right? You know, what exactly did you find? What are we talking about here? And, and, and maybe that's a good place to start and kind of lay the, the groundwork for the conversation. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. So first of all, uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you. And um, I, I appreciate the opportunity to have an adult discussion, uh, you know, as, 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 as Chris and I, um, exchange messages on LinkedIn. I think that this whole thing got like way out of proportion. A lot of emotions are involved and, and, mm. and, and, and people are, uh, some people are upset. Some people are uh, displaying uh, performative outrage. I don't know what that is, but you know, I think that it's, it's good. It's good to have a conversation. So I, I really appreciate um, the opportunity to do this with you guys. Um, so yeah. Um, what we found basically, and I'll, I'll start from the end and then we'll, 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 we'll back off <laughs> no <pun intended. laughs> right yeah um uh to to talk about you know what was discovered or what was auto discovered no pun intent or actually is intended that's a good um, one <laughs> yeah yeah I try, I try um so um what we found was that auto discover which is um uh, a part of the microsoft exchange inner working protocol suite has a problem where uh, it's similar to um, uh, another um, um, Microsoft uh, uh, protocol, WPAD, has a problem where it sort of um, fails upwards uh, in the domain in the domain level. Mm. So if uh, if you have a client that's trying to reach um, autodiscover.mail.example.com, for example, to get all of the settings, right? So and and for some reason autodiscover.mail.example.com isn't reachable, autodiscover will fail upwards all the way to autodiscover.com. So it'll try autodiscover.mail.example.com, it'll fail, autodiscover.example.com, it'll fail, autodiscover.com, right? Hmm. So um, what we did is we just purchased a bunch of domains, um, like autodiscover.tld, so a various list, a various list of... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of domains in, in like top level domains that have auto discover in them. Uh, and we just put on a web server and started looking at the logs and like within literally like, you know, 15 seconds after the domains being reachable, we started getting uh, uh, passwords and, and credentials and, and it, it was insane. Um, so that thing um, started everything and then we started looking at um at the headers and all sorts of headers that we're getting because it's http based so we started get, uh, looking at all of the headers that we got and all of the user agents that we got and we saw oh my god it's not only that we're getting uh microsoft uh outlook uh, uh user agents which is to be expected right because the client of microsoft outlook 
of Microsoft Exchanges and Microsoft Outlook. So it's not only that we got that, but we also got a, a bunch of other stuff, like wild stuff. Um, we've gotten um, um, like Apple, uh, like Apple's email client trying to do the same thing and loads of mobile apps and wow i'm trying to remember like what else was there like tons of stuff that you that, that we were like very surprised when we when we looked at it like um uh, i just sent it to msrc two days ago uh, apparently skypes uh uh or i think it's called link now uh like the, the mobile skype or mobile link whatever that leaks as well so uh, uh, Microsoft, so like in Windows 10, you have Windows Mail, like the built-in uh, email client that isn't Outlook, but has ActiveSync support for Exchange. Mm. That leaks as well. Like these are the user agents that we've seen. So we start seeing all of these user agents and we're like, oh my God, how, like what's actually happening there? And, and then for five months, I sat here in my basement uh, where you can, uh, where you're now at, this is not my bedroom. This is our guest room. So I sat here in, in, in my basement with uh, my cat. And for five months, I've just been sitting here and swearing and trying to uh, trying to pretty much reproduce this bug. And it took me a while. It took me like five months. And, and, and it also wasn't stable. So like it could work once and then it wouldn't work. And then I had to tear down my entire setup, build it back again. Like I have all of my notes here from like all of the stuff that so I did. So did you, were you able to pick up the reason why it would sometimes work and why it sometimes no, works? No, so that's the thing. I don't. And, 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 and what happened was we published the article and, and, and people lost their minds and for some reason started attacking me as if I wrote Microsoft Exchange or Microsoft Outlook. Now, <laughs> if I had the code, you know, the source code, I might have been able to answer this, but I don't. Um, so, and then, um, like two days before we published it. So here's the thing. Um, the reason, so there's a lot of criticism about why we didn't responsibly disclose, why we haven't disclosed it to Microsoft in a responsible mm -hmm. way, which is to reach out to MSRC, blah, blah, blah. We started looking like, you know, what we do as researchers and what I do as a researcher, I Google things like for, you know, and I started Googling like Microsoft auto discover leak, Microsoft, whatever. And I found um, articles from 2016, from 2017. I found a black hat uh, presentation. I found a paper that the guys who did the um, who did that research, they wrote a research paper. I found all of that. And like they clearly mentioned almost the same issues with the auto discovery leak, almost the same issues. So, you know, if it's from 2016, and MSRC was contacted about this, which, you know, the, the guy who originally, a person named uh, Marco Van Beek from the UK um, actually disclosed one of these bugs to them in 2016. And he sent me an email, like he forwarded me his, um, his correspondence with MSRC. Like I have the ticket number mm -hmm. and like, you know, it was disclosed in 2016 and they still didn't do anything. And then, you know, we sat like internally in our team and our company were like, well, this is serious. And if they knew about it and if they're not doing anything, maybe we just need to like show how this can be exploited on a mass scale. And this is this is not so like, for instance, all this stuff that you were seeing coming through, right? Mm -hmm. Um it, it, it was a client fault or 
I mean, it's client's fault. Like, is it like so? Like, it's not like a a, a version of Exchange that wasn't patched. No, so no, it's a client fault, and I have um, I, I I can you know I can read it to you, um, the list of 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 um, of, of Outlook uh, clients that we saw hitting our servers, and it's from old versions to the newest, mm. to the so newest, that's, so that's uh, to the newest according to like four months ago. Yeah, mm. and I, and I think that's so immediately in my mind when I when I and I I saw or came across your research because Bleeping Computer picked it up, right? I, I, I follow Lawrence Abrams' stuff and I, I always kind of, and there's another one of his recent postings that I want to get into, but um, I came across that and then that led me to your, to, you know, to the Guardian Call website and that's where I kind of read everything. And immediately in my mind, I was like, well, this is client side. This is not, you know what I mean? Because the tech press has picked this up and gone exchange server credential leak right and so customers are losing their minds like i have my customers of mine messaging me going are we at risk here and i'm like well your servers are not at risk because it's it's, yeah, it's the client-side implementation of exactly. what it's not, it's is not doing. an exchange issue correct it's, it's not an exchange issue it's 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 the implementation of auto discover and on I, the client right I, I try to be again if if this wasn't clear from i i can't be responsible for what of course are of course right if that wasn't clear from my from my uh, uh, write-up, and you tell me that it wasn't clear, I'll fully own this, and I'll do anything that I have. No, that I can agreed, right? In order to correct it. And but, I think that's that's part of the reason why we felt it would be such a good idea to just talk to you about this because um, folks tend to go where the juicy story is, right? Mm -hmm. And there's no denying, like exchanges had a rough year, right? There's, I think, we've had three three other CVs or four other CVs this yeah, year. Yeah, all of them right? are like super critical exactly right so 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 i think it's really easy for someone to and this is what you know happened in my instance with some of my clients uh like actual customers because they go oh, another one right and and so i think that that's potentially what's what's happened in the press too is they've taken that and so i think i think it's really good that we're able to firstly let's like let's clear that up right like this is client side implementation so then, when 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 we say client side implementation, is there like, uh, and you're gonna have the, you're gonna have to forgive my ignorance. I'm not a tenure Microsoft Exchange MVP here, but so neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> so if 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 this is a client side implementation bug or leak, then would that be Microsoft has like a repository or a write up or an RFC of some sort for Active Sync? And they put it there and they say, this is how you need to implement it in your mail client in order to support it. And the problem would lie there. Or is it, and then would it be, okay, well, Microsoft would have to then contact everybody that supports ActiveSync and say, you need to change this in your code um, of your mail app. Is that what we're saying, how to fix it? Or I, I, I think so. So here's the thing, um, according to what I, so, Full disclosure, um, I am not a Microsoft guy. I'm not a Microsoft technology guy. I am a security researcher. And, you mm -hmm. know, in my, in my, throughout my career, I did things on, uh, you know, I did, I, I did like low level research on, 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 on Mac OS and on Linux and on Windows and on, you know, other things. But I'm not, I'm not like one of those, oh, mm -hmm. I know like the Microsoft ecosystem, like the back mm -hmm. of my hand. Absolutely not. Like Microsoft's environment is the one that I'm least experienced in. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I wear it as a badge of honor. Um, <laughs> and so from, you know, I tried looking over on MSDN on forums 
on subreddits mm-hmm. and what i f- could find about like the documentation of actually like how auto discover works like if you want to implement auto discover in your app what do you do like there's mm. no I, I couldn't find any mm. library that yeah that like a developer it. library or something like that yeah. right it's it's what? the protocol documentation is what they've published as to how how outlook behaves right exactly and so and i wanted to bring that up because i feel like there's something else that's been kind of missed here just a little bit potentially right is so so we're talking very much about the derived url process in outlook right and i'm talking about outlook now now obviously there are other mail clients and we have no visibility or control like microsoft has no visibility or control yeah, but, but a lot like uh, thunderbird which i don't think that exists anymore i saw yeah. that in our logs um, yeah apple mail like a lot a lot of these things right stuff like like really like obscure apps like Mm -hmm. chinese apps that you know nobody outside of china knows them yep but they all have the same same problem they're the types of ones that i normally find in my uh, client access logs when i'm doing a assessment and the interesting (laughs) the interesting thing and i think that it might even ask answer your question before you before you ask it yeah is um there was there was uh, an app one of those chinese apps that i'm talking about super popular you know china has tons of people so everybody you know, got, have this app. And when I saw that this was happening, I, I got the app and I started reverse engineering it. And I actually found their own implementation of Auto Discover within a library that they themselves wrote and right. they are importing it, right? Mm-hmm. And I reached out to them and I said, and I disclosed it to them and I said, hey, you have this issue and it's right here in this offset in the file, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and they say, well, uh, it's actually a Microsoft problem, but thank you for uh, thank you for disclosing it to us. Here's a hundred dollars. Cashed out bug bounty. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So so it's like it's like this cloth potato that no one really wants yeah. to handle. I mean, yeah. they, I'm telling Agreed. you, that company they implemented it on their own. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I guess that they did it either by reverse engineering some of the logic or mm-hmm. by reading whatever little documentation exists and saying, well, okay, if that's yeah. what they want to do, then that's what we'll do. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think over the years, because Auto Discover has been out since Exchange 2007, right? That's when that's when we first got Auto Discover in the product. That's also when we first really started to have to know what certificates and TLS is, yes. right? Because because essentially what happened for the first the first few people who deployed Exchange 2007, they deployed it and then all of a sudden clients were getting certificate pop-up errors, right? When the, when the certificate isn't trusted. And everyone was like, well, why the hell is this happening? Well, it's because Exchange 2007 has this new protocol to help discover the settings. It uses a certificate. And by default, when the server gets installed, it creates a service connection point in AD with its name slash autodiscover slash autodiscover.xml. Right. That certificate is self-signed and is not trusted by any client, right? Right. And so and so 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 we've we've gone through this journey now for 13 years, 14 years with Autodiscover. Um, but what's interesting is um the amount of credentials that you guys have collected, right? That to me, there has to be, it has to be, you know, we're looking at domain, you know, domain specific credentials for Active Directory, which brings me to like any environment that has ever had exchange in it, right? Now, obviously a lot of customers are moving to the cloud and they're moving to exchange online. Some of them keep one exchange server on-prem. Some of them get rid of everything, but Active Directory will have an SCP unless they've manually cleared it, right? But you would think that if you're, if you're smart enough to manually clear the SCP in AD, you're also smart enough to correctly configure it, right? Because 
Nick, I mean, guys, this could make all, it could be plausible that the SCP in someone's AD is incorrectly configured and is configured to autodiscover.com, which means that domain joint clients are just going there for, for, um, to try and find the, the endpoint, right? And they're not even trying to derive because that deriving the autodiscover URL where we use autodiscover.domain.com or domain.com slash autodiscover, that only happens if there's no valid SCP for domain join machines. So Chris, I think that that um, there's uh, this there's a global event that you you losing sight of, right. and that is an SCP predicates a locally connected machine and visibility of that SCP record, that's as opposed true. to millions of folks who are working from home um, during the pandemic. Yep, that's very true. I did that, not that, that think was, about that. That was what I told Microsoft actually. I mean, sorry for cutting you off. No, that's no, not at all. Yeah, but my all. assumption, my assumption, like when we were looking at it, when we were getting all of those credentials, right? So like my immediate thought was, oh my God, something really bad is going on. But then I was like, hmm. hold on a second, because I read how it works, right? And if you are, for example, in your organization, in your office, right? And everything is configured and routed correctly, mm -hmm. you shouldn't have any problems. Hmm. But what happens if you take your laptop home because you're working from home because of COVID or whatever, any other reason, right? And um, and even if you work through a VPN and everything is accessible and great, that's awesome. But what happens if, I don't know, your VPN connection gets dropped or, I don't know, your laptop goes to sleep, your VPN connection gets killed, your laptop wakes up for an update, Outlook is still open, boom, you're leaking creds. So mm -hmm. that was... That was my assumption because I also looked at the um, IP addresses that are getting to us and they were home IP addresses, a lot of them, not all of them and not all of them I could find and not every country uh, documents their IP space as well. But a substantial amount of the IP, of the IP addresses that I pulled and I managed to, you know, get a proper uh, geolocation and information on them, they were home IP addresses. Mm -hmm. So that made me think that this might be the issue. This is mm -hmm. why I also told Microsoft that in order to try to reproduce it, try to sever the connection to whatever domain you're trying to connect to and see if you're starting to fail up or mm -hmm. have a client that's like con uh, configured properly, because that's how I ended up managing to reproduce it with a bunch of like uh, with some weird configurations, like weird um, uh, DNS configuration, like with Windows, you can tell. Uh, in which domain you are. So like there are some ISPs out there that they tell you that you need to configure your computers. Uh, so to be like your computer name dot the ISP dot whatever their domain is. So like some ISPs require that. When I configured that, that way things started failing up. But then I rebooted the machine and I tried it again and it didn't fail up. So it's mm. like, it's super shaky, right? Um, so that that's the kind of things I, I I was looking at, and and that's why I told Microsoft, hey, maybe try to configure a client, like have it work, mm. right? And then once every like and let it work and let it sync and let it pull mail, let it send mail, like like everything is normal, and then break the connection and see what happens, and then kill the routing to whatever auto discover domain you were going for, the DNS like in your hosts file or something, like manually break it, mm. and then look at it fail up. It's it's super tough to reproduce. Like I I I. I I get it. Like it sucks, but there is nothing I can do about it. But you did manage to to reproduce it. Yes, and yes, yes, absolutely. So can can we maybe establish a methodology for um, uh, 
um, the inject a bit of humor. So for the folks of ho at home who, who want to do this for themselves, how, how would they reliably reproduce this kind of issue? Understanding that it may be, uh, or, or that it's not necessarily an, an outlook only thing. There may be uh, a bad implementation of an, an EWS 403 redirect not being honored. It could be an active sync 403 redirect not being honored by a bad client implementation that then does a bad auto discover thing so how how what I did. could we do go on please yeah so what i did is i used um i used a project that's called detection lab super 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 duper cool project which basically allows you to build a fully working windows domain environment in like six minutes um with a bunch of uh vagrant scripts and 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 um and uh, terraform so i did that on aws i i used that project super cool detection lab.network is the uh is the address, like the URL to get to their website. Really strongly uh, recommend this. And basically what I did is I used that project that spins up um, a Windows domain environment uh, with Outlook, uh, with Exchange uh, 2016, I think. Uh, it's been a few months, so I'm a bit rusty. Um, uh, and that spins up an environment with uh, Exchange 2016, Active Directory, fully working. You can add users, you can do whatever you want. So I spun that up. I added a few users. And then what Detection Lab also does is that in it creates like a, a VPC on AWS. And in that VPC, you have like this the, the Active Directory and you have uh, Windows 10 client machine. So I use that Windows 10 client machine. And I installed whatever was the most recent version of Microsoft Office we had in our, like, you know, we had access to in our repository, uh, mm -hmm. like Gardecore's, like, um, uh, Microsoft Office installation. So I put that there, installed it. That was uh, Outlook 2019. And then I started messing with, you know, trying to, like, in the um, in, in my blog post are screenshots of like the, the account creation mm -hmm. or account configuration. Like I, that's what I did. I added an account, you know, and I put my domain in there and I let it work and I saw that it's working. And then I started like, oh, what's going to happen if I'll, um, I don't know, I'll let it fail here or I'll put, um, or, or I'll, I'll just try to sign in like a domain that doesn't exist. So I'll put on my email, like, you know, a meet at nonexistdomain.sg because we had uh, 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 autodiscover.sg. And I was looking at the logs of my server that's like, you know, all the way in the internet. And I'm looking at what's going on in my, in my virtual environment. And, and then like, after like a few hours of trying, boom, I got, I got like a request on, on my server. That's like way outside of my, uh, mm. my uh, VPC, like way out there mm. on the internet. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is serious. This is actually like, this is actually going on. Like this is actually failing up. Mm. Um, and then I tried to reproduce it again. And it didn't do that. Hmm. And it uh, and it uh, and when I looked at it, and I had Wireshark open, and I was you know I was looking at all of the traffic, and then I see that it sends um, a DNS query looking for an SRV record. So I go to Auto Discover's documentation, and it's actually that's how it's supposed to work. That's the very last, very last phase. Yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh great, this is cool. That's weird. Why is it doing that? And then I tried to reproduce the leak again and it didn't work and it kept sending the SRV records. And then I was like, oh, that's weird. Rebooted everything, everything, even the exchange server, which I didn't have to do. Trying to reproduce it again, it reproduces, weird. Trying to reproduce it again, it doesn't. So like it was uh, until this very day and it's been months, mm. I can't tell you 
how like in in 100 of the time to reproduce it right i did manage to reproduce it but i have screenshots of it there's like, definitely an event somewhere that something's happening yeah and i tried other than i think other than attaching a debugger i tried everything like um etw both documented and undocumented providers that i know about uh i mean again i have this all documented some mm. of it is in the blog some of it you know didn't make it there but like i if you look at ETW, with ETW, if you look at, like, there's a specific provider, I have it written here somewhere, um, you can actually see, like, it, it tells you, like, some, sort of like a debug message. Hey, I tried going to this domain. This domain wasn't reachable. I'm trying this domain. This domain wasn't reachable. I'm trying this domain. Oh, cool. There's that XML file. I'm pulling that XML file. Oh, great. So, like, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's not. And I have been um, on a back and forth email thread with uh, the good people on MSRC. And I'm basically telling them, hey, try to do this. This hmm. is what I did. So I, I don't know. But the yeah. thing is that I don't have the source code. Like my yeah. hands are like super tight here. Right. I, can, I can only say what, what worked for me. And I mean, even if you, and, and let's say that I'm lying. Let's say that I'm full of it. And none of what I'm saying is true about reproducing it. Like, let's say that I made no, something up. No one builds an exchange environment just for the fun of it, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, but let, let's say that I'm full of it. Let's say that it's all lies and PR and marketing and like everything that all of the people said. Okay. I still have like 40 gigs of logs mm. of, of, of usernames and, and, and of like domain credentials that right. have leaked to my server asking for an auto-discover XML. So pretty much as soon as you as soon as you broke your uh, you know with the story broker with this um, there's a uh, Aussie researcher Daniel uh, Stiffkirk I think is his his last name uh, he went out and bought you know autodiscover.com.au right away and within minutes he was posting screenshots of of you know credentials that he had harvested from that right so and and that was to me that was kind of the turning point in like hang on like this is too completely different disassociated sources on the other side of the world mm, mm. that have, are, are producing this, there's got to be something to it, right? Like the mechanism of how this is happening is yet, I guess, yet to be understood, but um, we're definitely seeing, <laughs> we're definitely seeing something, right? Um, so interesting. And, and, and I've gone through a very similar uh, way of trying to reproduce this myself. I was, I was using Azure, not not AWS. That stuff makes my brain bleed. But um, I was using Azure and and uh, Detection Lab works at Azure as well, by the way. Oh, interesting. It's, okay, it's yeah, I manually built my environment using using some. Scripts, you don't have but, like six minutes, and you have it. Yeah, it's very. I always actually have an environment built for various different things. But yeah, I built a fresh one because I was like, I got to try and like tr you know try and do this. And I spent probably about a day um, last Friday building an environment and and I and I at first I went well I was running exchange 2019 but I was using outlook 2016 because I was like well let's start there right and kind of try and work our way up and yeah I just no bueno for me I couldn't I couldn't and I was looking at DNS to see because Outlook has that auto discover test tool I don't know if you came across that but it's yeah just, it, it when I tried to use that tool I got yeah. like completely different right. like I, I don't know if that if I don't think that tool. The was tool's probably built for specific yeah. scenarios, yeah. Uh, and so I used that, and I used Outlook itself, and I was watching DNS. Every DNS query was being logged so that I could see if it was doing something that it wasn't telling me on the client, right? Um, and I was also using Fiddler to see what the what the HTTP HTTPX connection was. Well, and I couldn't I couldn't make it happen, but 
you know, it sounds like it's it, there's definitely something happening, but it's not, you know, it's not it doesn't happen every every single time you try it, which is would be super frustrating um, if you're you're trying to make this happen and you're trying to show folks so that it can be, you know, you can make aware of them. Um, the, the, and, and I mean, you know, if you've gone to the level of actually reverse engineering <laughs> Chinese apps for this, right? This, you know, the, the, there's a bit of work in there. Um, the other point I said I, wanna, I wanted to make real quick was, so um, Bleeping Computer had, uh, and again, I know you, you're not in any way responsible for what Lawrence Abrams says, but, uh, you know, they, Microsoft had gone out and registered a bunch of these uh, top-level domains, right? Anything that starts with auto-discover. And yeah. of course, the community, the, the InfoSec community has jumped on this and gone, well, that's an admission of guilt, right? I, you know, I personally, um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's a, that's a containment mechanism, right? I, for I, one. I, I agree. I, uh, I agree. I mean, let's sorry, let's let's reduce the risk to our yeah. customers. We don't know what this is yet, but there's clear that something mm -hmm. is happening. Let's reduce the risk to our customers and go and snap yeah. up all these domains. But also, doesn't that now give them the ability to research this further themselves, right? Because exactly. now they own domains. Exactly. So, Which is also what I told them to do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Right. I just figured I'd I kind of bring that up because you know to a lot of folks like that's oh well microsoft must there must be something there must be something wrong because they've gone and registered all these domains honestly 37 domains at 12 dollars a pop microsoft doesn't care about that <laughs> it's not you know it's not a, a big deal to them so fair enough yeah i mean again listen i i understand the criticism um some of it is valid there are things that are there are more things that i wanted to put in our report and due to time constraints and, and, and other uh, reasons, and again, you know, our company was acquired yesterday, so like a lot of things are moving, mm -hmm. and 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 I'll, some of the criticism is valid, and I'm open for discussion as long as it's respectful, mm -hmm. and, and 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 cordial. I'm I'm open to talking to people and try to explain and try to help, and you know, I, that's what I do for a living. I'm a security research a security researcher. That's what I do. Like, you know, I'm I'm. My intention is not to drop an O day on people and like, ha, 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 screw you. Like, that's not what I'm here for. But mm. I also, with that being said, I also feel mm. that, you know, once we saw that Microsoft was informed about this issue mm. and it's, it wasn't new and there was a black hat talk about it and all of those things. And yet in my logs, I have recent versions of, of, of Outlook leaking credentials to me. Yep. Plus, on top of that, I managed to create an attack that downgrades the authentication because it, it, when, a, when a credential leak, it doesn't have, it doesn't mean that 100% of the time it leak in basic auth mm -hmm. because you have OAuth tokens, like bearer tokens and uh, 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 NTLM challenges leaking as well. So you could, you know, you could theoretically just spin up responder and be like, I'm done and mm -hmm. get a bunch of NTLM hashes as well. Like those things leak as well. But I'm lazy, so I'm, I said, okay, I want everything in basic off. So I was like, okay, so what's going to happen if I'm just going to return it a 401 saying, hey, um, mm. I don't support any of that mumbo yeah. jumbo. I need basic off. And then it just worked, mm -hmm. which was wow. wild as well. And and that's the old switcheroo, which I yeah, document. And what's interesting about this, though, again, right, is is people have been saying, well, hey, why are we still using basic off? It's 2021, right? Microsoft have been saying for years, let's get away from basic auth, let's move away mm -hmm. from legacy protocols, um, let's let's you know only support OAuth, and, and and there's been always been pushback from customers going, you know, it's been customer pushback. Yeah, this is hard for us, right? Or vendors going, well, we yeah. have some 
third-party software that integrates with Exchange and uses legacy mm. AWS. It's wow. lots User of work for us. proxy that wraps everything <laughs> that sell. I mean, I don't know. Exactly. But the point I'm making is there's always two sides to every story, right? And I think that's definitely something that we've we've kind of been able to establish here with this whole thing as well, right? Is this isn't just some some sort of like, well, you know what? I found this thing from 2017. I figured I'd try and rehash it and publish this thing. Five months worth of work is not an insignificant effort mm -hmm. um, to, to, you know, um, to get to this. Um, I like that we've at least been able to clear that, that this isn't exchange leaking credentials, right? This is a yeah, contact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, there's also, there's also the, the, the aspect when you, when you look at it, look, this is not like the first and it's not the last time something like this has happened and will continue to happen based on its implementation, mm -hmm. right? So we've had, I mean, basic auth has been a no-no since like day dot. It's the reason why they invented the other protocols, mm -hmm. right? I mean, so naturally when it comes to security, we fail forward, right? So inevitably, I mean, if you look at like an iPhone, right? And an iPhone, when it gets jailbroken and they find an exploit that's like literally hardware level, right? It means that every single iPhone that was produced before a specific date is vulnerable to this particular exploit. End of story. Like it's in the it's in the print. It's like it came off the line like that, and there's no way it's ever going to fix it. Doesn't matter what you do to the software, it's going to happen, right? And I think in in some ways this is sort of sitting like that. Is there's this? So what do they do? They mitigate it in some other way. They'll close it on the new revisions, or they'll implement something that allows you, like, let's say they'll put something in iOS 15 that stops that particular exploit from gaining access to that specific memory space or whatever the case may be is, and then they sort of stop it from coming forward that way. So Microsoft, well, not Microsoft, but so I, it, essentially you would implement OAuth, and then it would stop this problem, or you'd implement NTLM or whatever the case may be is, and it would stop that, right? So perhaps the whole thing, <laughs> they shouldn't be using basic or period, done. Yeah, but, but so I, that brings it to the point of like, what, what what is a mitigation to this right now we can talk about um mfa being part of this you know it's not going to mitigate the leak but at least if you have mfa in your accounts an attacker or a bad actor can't just take that dump and go and you know mm. reuse it against you right exactly. so mfa and we talk about mfa on every episode we do pretty much right but something that i say every episode we do is upgrade your stuff like you shouldn't be running exchange 2010 anymore right <laughs> Definitely shouldn't be running Exchange 2010 anymore. Um, if you're running Exchange 2013, I would submit to you that you probably should upgrade that as well, right? And and so we have this problem in our industry where stuff works, and so people don't want to touch it. Mm. And it's never been more important to keep your stuff up to date. Because if you're running yeah. Exchange 2010 today, you're running Windows Server 2008. Should you be running software that is almost 14 years old in your environment? No, you, no should. you should definitely not be right. Um, and so it's, it's, it's part of the, you know, we can come up with all these cool ways of like, okay, we'll go and block any order discover top level, level domain at your firewall. Right. Well, Nick, you just, you talked about how we're in a pandemic and everyone's working from home. You can't, I mean, unless you have, you know, defender or MCAS or something, right. Which makes it a little easier. Not every organization has access to something that they can, you know, use for, for that. Please don't go and put host files on every, distributed computer in your environment because for one it's going to be a real pain but for two you're going to forget that you did that and then you know a year from now someone like me 
<laughs> or Warren or Nick has to unpick that because something yeah. else is not going to work. Are you right? referring to the host files that I? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I can see how the host files would work in, in a in a smaller environment. But if you're an org with like a hundred thousand clients, right, and everyone's no, working I, from I, home, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. So first of all, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, for for me, it was important to make some sort of some sort of recommendation, some absolutely. sort of a recommendation, a mitigation that you could do right now before yeah. this is getting addressed. Yep. Like, mm. You know, if you put those, uh, if you block these hosts from your host files, mm. you're done. You don't have to worry about it. Yep. Is it an elegant solution? Of course not. Did you see yeah. the size of that host file? It's insane. Yeah. yeah. But, but because it's literally every every yeah. uh, top level domain and subdomain. By the way. And if you do that and it breaks something else, then at least you know why it's broken in the first place, right? Because you misconfigured something else. That's mm. that's true. But <clears throat> but but again, you know the whole. The whole point of the story, and, and, and actually why I wanted to, to talk to you guys, is is to basically present present how things are looking from my end. Because I think right. that you know, from Microsoft professionals and, and, and all of the MVPs that that like dogpiled on me on LinkedIn on Twitter, like I I, I totally get it. I, I, they have customers, people are are badgering them for answers, and all of a sudden, you know, this guy just comes and drops this thing on them and makes their weekend a nightmare. I I. I get it. And, you know, I own it and I wear it as well uh, with pride. But um, we have to stay professional and mm -hmm. we have to keep the discussion professional because we're not a bunch of kids. And but it also doesn't solve anything right? exactly. if you're not professional. I understand why people are thinking that I'm the bad guy or I'm like being an a-hole for doing it. I, I understand it. And again, I get it. It's not mm. fun to be in, in their shoes. And I get mm. it. But if you want to solve things in like mm. a, 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 a productive way, dogpiling on me, whether you work for Microsoft, I had product managers from Microsoft, like just coming at me, like, what do you think you're doing? And um, after like the, they said, because you were right, they were going to drop um, a basic off support and then COVID happened and they did extend it. Right. And then mm. after my article came out, they were like, okay, we're dropping it. So mm. like jokingly, I took a screenshot of it and posted it on Twitter and I said, you're welcome. And then, and then, yeah. Then you poked the bear. Yeah, that, was, that was in bad taste, but it, that was also after three days of being constantly accosted gotcha. and harassed online. So, like, yeah. I was pissed. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I put that, and then I had, like, like product managers from Microsoft. Are you claiming credit for us dropping basic odds? I'm like, nah, that wasn't bad taste. I just deleted the tweet. But <laughs> the, the, the way that, you know, everything is so angry everything is like it's mm. outrage it's mm. it's uh, it's going after me um mm. uh, microsoft they should, have, they should have read the whole article though as well because you know <laughs> you see that's the problem when you your get from a syndication a summarized right? version of your article in other places and so yeah. other people are reading those articles but they're not referring back to the original article mm. where mm. And you have a problem. conclusion and you have your conclusion is like a paragraph long saying this is what i think is going to happen and that's yeah. that Look, and, and I think that's part of the problem, right? Is like everyone has picked this up. Everyone has put the spin on it that they feel it needs. And in many cases, that spin is Microsoft have fucked up again, right? Uh, or Microsoft hasn't, you know, hasn't done what they needed to do, right? And that's, and I think that that's part of the challenge. Now, I, I was going to ask you if you've been having kind of um, contact, if you've had contact with Microsoft and have been talking, and it sounds like there's been a lot of the day, back and forth. The day we posted it, the day we posted that they have reached out to us mm. and asked to talk to me. And within, I think, I, so 
Um, they, I, I don't even know how they've to, to who in our company they've reached out, but it took a few hours to get to me. And like the moment, uh, the moment it got it got to me, we started going back and forth. And then at one point, I said, you know what, guys, like let's just go on a Zoom and let's just talk mm. on Zoom and and figure it out. And the day later, the day after, uh, I think that was. That was like a. Did they get angry because you suggested Zoom? <laughs> no, I'll, 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 I'll come back to that. But um, I think like a day after we published the article, I went on a Zoom on a, on a Zoom meeting with them, and it was a bunch of people from MSRC, and I think it was a bunch of software engineers that work on Auto Discover or Outlook. But we talked. It was a very good conversation. I was. I mean. They were surprised by how productive it was. I was surprised by how productive it was. And, and I also said on Twitter, I, I think mm. that like, you know, the, the folks from MSRC are great and they have, mm. they really have like a tough job because they have to talk to a bunch of people like me mm. who make their time miserable. And I get mm. it. And like mm. their job is difficult, mm. but there is MSRC who are great and, you know, they're true professionals. And I, I really enjoyed working with them and I still do. Like we are exchanging emails until this very day. And, and it, this whole thing, it, it, and it split the, the community or the industry mm -hmm. to two. It was so interesting. Yeah. I've had people who either I haven't talked to or I did, and some of them don't even like me and the feeling is mutual, but they were, you know, they mm -hmm. were taking my side. They were like, no, this is not a meat's fault. Mm -hmm. Like, what mm -hmm. do you want from him? He exposed something that's being swept under the rug for years. And like, now these people are, got to fix it because that's their job. And you had other people, most of them, again, most of them were either from Microsoft or Microsoft MVPs. It's just facts. And, 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 and they basically made it personal and, you know, went after my character rather after my research, which was just bizarre and, and immature and unprofessional and all mm -hmm. of those things are public. Like why do that? Um, so, so, so that was, that was like the most interesting experience in all of it and that was very insane like that really like that destroyed my weekend like i, I was bet. so bummed all weekend long just like getting harassed I, I just i just got harassed all the time on social media i ended up uh for for a short while i ended up locking up my account just so that i won't get new messages mm. it was insane. i noticed uh, that you changed your you actually changed your last name on your linkedin profile too because uh did you did you not Oh, I, I thought you did because I uh, I looked at it once and it had your full name and then eventually uh, a later time I looked at it and it just said like emit s. Oh, right. it's, it's it the might privacy just be privacy thing. settings, I right? Okay, I, gotcha. I think that yeah. if you're not connected to me, hey, for what it's worth, I had to upgrade to LinkedIn Premium just to be able to contact you. <laughs> well, there you go. Microsoft, Microsoft just got some uh, some more dollars <laughs> uh, because right, Microsoft owns LinkedIn, right? Yes. Yeah. There yep. you go. Um, yeah. So. Again, listen, this whole thing sucks. Like this this vulnerability or bug or whatever you want to call it, not cool. It sucks. Should have been mm. fixed long ago. But with that being said, and I've also said that on Twitter, I've done like, you know, it, it was disclosed to them. They didn't do anything for whatever reason. I'm, I don't even care and I don't want to get into that. That's none of my business. But bottom line is 2021, this thing was still happening. We did what we did and now they're working on a fix. And I think that's what's mm. important at the end mm -hmm. of the day. That's what it, what's important. And all of the other, like all of the politics and the gossip and the he said, she said, and oh my God, he mm -hmm. completely irrelevant. Yeah. Like, I, 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 think I agree. You, and I think, sorry, go ahead, Nick. I wanted to say that that kind of wraps this whole issue up rather nicely is that there was something, it appears to have been disclosed a couple of years ago. It was found to still happen again. 
and there was a um can we call it an, an adult conversation around chaps this exactly. is the issue and um sadly That's there was a lot of misdirected passion at a meet around um you know killing the messenger yes and 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 again like the the another interesting thing that happened is like um one of the guys from microsoft that came at me on linkedin uh like he said nice disclosure and like he quoted microsoft's pr dude and the guy marco marco van beek the guy who disclosed it originally in 2016 i mean there is a, an article at, on the register about it like from 2016 like he said what do you want like i I disclosed it originally. Here's the ticket number from MSRC. And in their response, you forwarded me that email. They said that it's not a security issue. So and is that Michael Van Hornbeek? What's that? Is that is that not MBH, guys? No, I don't no, think it's MBH. No, it's not the same guy. No, no uh, you sure? British guy, Marco Van, British guy. Marco Van Beek. He works oh, okay, so it's a British guy. It's not the same dude. No, okay. we're, we're talking about Michael Van Hornbeek, who's uh, who's oh. a, a Belgian uh, MVP. No, and, and he's also been guy. quite quiet, so that's why I thought maybe they worked together. <laughs> maybe no, it was no, the I same person. Okay. Yeah, if you've got a van in your surname, we just lump you in with MVH. It's just the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, so that's what happened, and you know, and and I, I wish I wish uh, it could have been done differently, and I mm. wish that the discourse around it was more civil. I can only, I mean, you know, the world is insane these days, but mm. and the fact that people have been cooped up at home just gets mm. them mm. super enraged mm. about everything. Yes. And, and, um, and I hope that this is, um, I hope that what happened, you know, last week with this thing uh, will help us as an industry and a community, which is a word that I really don't like, uh, to, 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 to learn from this and to, uh, I don't know, like up the level of our, uh, public discourse because is, is that what you're hoping for in in terms of um what happens in the next breach disclosure or the next thing that we find because you know with with billions of lines of code that are out there and they've been around for decades uh, and i think um uh, some of my customers running medical equipment and mri scanners on windows 95 that makes us shudder right oh my god and uh, yeah, and and some factory environments that are running machines as new as Windows 2000. Nice. So this stuff is pervasive, and we've got SCADA environments that just cannot be upgraded. And uh, you know, if if you want to have a good laugh around nuclear submarines and ATM machines that are running on on things that we don't even want to talk about anymore. So there's there are things that are going to be disclosed that have been running for for decades and maybe even because the software stacks have been running for decades or the the design pattern going forward mm. so uh, if i could ask uh, amit what would your ideal version of a we have found something and we need to talk about it publicly look like that is a great question um that is a great question i think that is one of our industry's biggest problems mm. because um, a vulnerability, like even if you look at like 10 years ago, right? A critical vulnerability, as critical as it was, wasn't something that affected so many people, mm -hmm. right? Even 10 years ago. Um, and, um, and now it's so different because you have ransomware as well. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, if, 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 if some ransomware cybercrime organization, 
like, you know, they could register an auto discover domain, look at all of the credentials that are getting there and then just literally go to the front door of the organization with the keys mm-hmm. and come in and ransomware the entire organization. And, and it's a problem because then you have someone like me who's dropping something like this and exposes, allegedly exposes tons of people to the risk, right? Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you have a known issue that hasn't been taken care of for years. And who knows how many people got owned this way by now, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. we didn't buy all of the auto-discover domains. Some of them were already registered, mm-hmm. right? So I think that it's it's a real problem. And I think that, you know, I mean, bug, bug bounties and disclosure programs, those things are great and they work. And they work. And, you know, I got $100 from it. It's great. Um, but um, You're saying drinks are on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just send me the address. Um, and uh, Or tell me your email and I'll just register. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to. Um, but And these things are great, but they're not like, but with you know, with I'm talking about bug, bounty, bug bounties and disclosure programs. They're great, but they're not like the catch all solution to this pro- to this problem and i mm-hmm. think that when you have large companies such as microsoft or apple or all of these companies that have tons of legacy code i mean mm-hmm. uh, when i was working in my previous company i was doing a lot of um, uh, uh, mac os low level reverse engineering and at that time there was a local privilege privilege uh, uh, escalation vulnerability which was amazing amazing like beautiful bug and you look at the code that was to blame for this bug. It was code code that was written, like I think in the early 80s, if I recall correctly. And right above, right above the vulnerable code, there was a comment like slash slash, there might be a race condition here, we should check it. (laughs) Right. Wow. Yeah. 40 years old. Yeah, and that was with Apple. So all of these companies that that have tons of legacy code, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mac OS is is, is Mm -hmm. based on, on on ancient code. Windows has a lot of legacy code that's been rolling on. I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen those videos of someone installing like Windows, Windows 1, setting the wallpaper and then upgrading it all the way to Windows 10. And you can see how the things, mm-hmm. like how the profile is basically staying the same. Mm-hmm. So companies that, that have legacy code and have these issues, and basically we now live in an age where every day there's a new insane vulnerability. I think that they need to, A, maybe change their approach toward people who are who are like very adamant about getting something fixed like what happened you know mm-hmm. to us because we were like if we are going to send them an email about it they're going to say that it's not a problem mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's what they did twice mm-hmm. okay so i think that if that happens i think that we all need to try to be united against this and saying okay okay wow this is super crazy and maybe what a meat did isn't the right thing, but we need to fix it. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to kill the messenger, we need to work together because, you know, my approach was, hey, here is a host file, put it on your machine. And until something, you know, gets resolved, this this will protect you. Mm. And, and what you said, I think it was you, Chris, you said something true. Like, you know, you're going to put that now and a year from now, no one's going to remember that and things are, aren't going to work anymore. Mm. And what are you going to do then? And that's great because I don't know necessarily what I'm doing. And I don't know if, if I'm the smart, I'm definitely not the smartest person, like definitely by definition. And, and I think that, you know, if we had a discussion about that and someone like you, 
uh, Chris or you, Nicholas, or you, Warren, you would say, oh, you know, that is not a good solution. I think what we should do is I think that or, you know, you'll start talking about the inner workings of exchange that you know far better than I do. If if our discussion would have been like that, it would have been much more productive and beneficial for everyone. Instead, it was just like mudslinging by Microsoft and by MVPs and by employees. And it's just like, what's the point? It's not helping anyone. Mm-hmm. Like it's just and you can't you can't reasonably just put something like that, like a drop a bomb like that, without having some form of like mm-hmm. mitigation, right? Even if it is just rudimentary, basic, do this. At least it will help you in the in in the you know in the in the immediate mm-hmm. term. And I think that makes a lot of sense. But I think also to your point, so Steve um, Steve Gibson made a really good um, comment or point on the this week's Security Now podcast on Tuesday, where he talked about responsible disclosures and how everyone's all about this responsible disclosures. But if if you have a responsible disclosure program and you don't react or action mm. things that mm. get submitted mm. to that program, mm. then you're going to, security researchers aren't going to care about your responsibility. Exactly. Right? That was but my next thing. The opposite exactly. is true though as well, right? Is if, if, if you can't give them a responsible disclosure program and action it and they go public and then you slam them for going public, like, that's also not good, right? So mm. there has to be, like, yes. as an industry, like you said, there has to be a way that we can, everyone can come to the table and go, okay, well, here's what we found. And, and you know, it occurs to me as well that we're seeing, man, I think Chrome is like on its 12th zero day for the year, right, already. Like, we're seeing vulnerabilities everywhere. A lot of it is legacy code. But I, so so one, we've, we've had these protocols and, and things that have been running forever. I mean, in the IoT space, this is like, it's ridiculous mm. how insecure that oh, stuff is, right? I have stories. Yeah. And so, so we have <laughs> so we have the stuff, we have old code. We have more people than ever before using these types of things. People are buying cheap doorbells and blah, 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 right? But we also have more maturity in the security industry than we ever had before. We have more researchers looking for bugs, right? Mm. So just by that, like by sure, you know, the calculation of that, you're going to find... You're going to, you have more people looking, you're going to find more stuff, exactly. right? And so, so you know, I, I, I hear folks say all the time, man, everything is insecure. I was like, well, no, that stuff's always been insecure. We just have, mm-hmm. now we we're finding it. Know about exactly. It now, yeah. Like ignorance is bliss in this, right? Because that stuff's always been there. Um, you know, guys are finding, you know, IP stack vulnerabilities from like the late 90s, right? Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. billions of devices using these things and it's been running since then and no one's, bother to look yeah uh, um in 2017 um a, a good friend of mine and, and myself we so that friend of mine bought a cheap um uh, uh security camera on like ebay or amazon i don't know like one mm-hmm. of those chinese cameras to like watch after his dog because his dog destroyed his entire house while he was at work and like uh one day i i came to that friend's house and i said wow this thing this camera looks so cheap I, <laughs> it has so many vulnerabilities and he was like oh dude let's like take it apart and like so within, uh, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like we published that a while ago. There's a bunch of talks on YouTube, like within a bunch, w- within like two hours, we had remote code execution on it. No. And, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and watch my talk on YouTube. And we went, we went to show that and it was like, oh my God, there's like a million of them mm-hmm. like wow. worldwide. And we started looking into it and we actually took the thing apart and like we, we, put crocodile cables on on the board, you know, got, got a root shell from the UART header, like did that whole thing. And we found out that um, this uh, SOC, system on a chip 
the board itself is made by one company in China that like, you know, white labels it for tons of other vendors. So this thing has been rolling off for years. It's the same board that's been going on in security cameras for years. It's not like one mm. vendor, it's a bunch of them. Mm. Wow. And then when you look at the Linux kernel that this thing was running, it's running a kernel from 14 years ago. So like we're in 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 2017, and that thing is running a 14 year old kernel that mm -hmm. has a whole stack of, of of vulnerabilities in the kernel. But we actually found like with with literally two HTTP requests, we were able to get a, a remote root shell on every device we pointed. Our, like I wrote, like there's it's all on YouTube. Like you can mm -hmm. there's a, not, not sure the paper is still up, but the talks on YouTube are. And what's and, scary is that there is no mechanism for update on those things. There was. So oh, was it? Okay. There was, but it was broken. <laughs> oh. So like, if you want, like they shipped the product where like, I actually, I, I think I even uh, uh, showed it in one of the demos. Like when you're trying to like, when you go to the menu to, uh, you know, to upload a new firmware version, a file, once you hit upload, nothing happens. Like the button is broken, and it's actually broken in the in in in, in like in the back. <laughs> it's like in the code, it's broken. It's crazy. So I ended up posting. I did like uh, a patch by pwn. So I I, I used the exploit to patch <laughs> the camera, but it wouldn't survive a reboot. That was the problem. That's why I didn't publish it. So like you had to basically do the patch by pwn every time the thing reboots. But those things happen all the time. And, mm. and, and we need to have a proper conversation on it. Now, the, the Chinese company didn't even respond to my email, right? Mm. So I ended up disclosing it to MITRE and getting a CVE and blah, blah, blah. But with Microsoft, I mean, come on, guys, you're Microsoft. There's and a delicious irony in all of this. And um, I'm, I'm talking to my co-hosts where not too many episodes, we did not one, but we did two episodes on zero trust. Mm -hmm. And zero trust assumes breach and here we have breach that is finally coming to the light of day you know that thing that that has been hidden which is um empowered these long-running attacks that we try to detect with all the logging mechanisms and etc et that that we implement and so um amit made a point earlier that other folks already own those auto discover domains so who's owning those credentials he's got 40 gigs worth of credentials mm. you know and of course follow-up questions what do you do with all those credentials but uh, then mo most of it was already deleted the auto discover most of uh, almost all of our domains are already null routed mm. but one there's only one that's active because the company that chinese company is deploying a fix and we want to see if they're actually fixing mm. it and once it'll be marked as fixed, that would be our last domain that would be null routed. And I really want to forget about this whole thing. Also, again, Gardecore just got acquired by Akamai. So I think that things are going to be a bit different over there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there, there is that thing as well. But we're not keeping any of those things, which is also a risk. Like, yeah, I, don't, mm. I don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really mm -hmm. don't want this. Mm -hmm. No, no, I, I hear you, and and so then 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 question to Chris because Chris, you are a, a CISSP. You are one of the, um, the 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 hat wearing security folks. So bear in mind that everything that you've just heard on this show, where do we go with all of this? You know, we talk zero trust. We've got vulnerabilities that are being revealed responsibly. We we've got some vendor stuff in the mix. We've got some passion and arguments and and emotions in the mix. Where do we go with this? 
Yeah, look, at, I mean, I, I think it has to start with, with civil discussion, right? I mean, there, there has to be a mechanism for, for being able to talk these things through. Um, unfortunately, and I mean, this isn't unique to tech, right? We, mm. we see fake news and media embellishment of, of facts all the time. And are we ever going to get away from that? I don't, I don't think we are, right? I think mm. there's always going to be someone who slightly alters a headline or something to make it, you know, sound more juicy than it is and yes. you know the only way we can really kind of handle this is is we have to just have the conversation and, and and be truthful about what we find and and you know work together towards fixing it like uh, mm. what else can we do right and you know uh, you can't you know microsoft can't um you know conceivably be held accountable for issues that 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 other vendors have in their code and their implementation of something but also you know, you can't overlook a, a glaring, you know, if there's if there's an issue, you have to at least put, there has to be some sort of research done into it to say, okay, well, here's the condition that causes this issue, right? If this condition is triggered by this thing, um, here's what we suggest you fix. So, I mean, I think everyone has a responsibility, I guess, is the short the short answer of that very long. I, I, I would like to mention another thing. Um, there is a really cool project that was done. I, I'm, I'm trying to find the name of the person that did it. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't find it, but it's um, autodiscovered-vulnerable-tlds.com. Uh, it's a cool tracker that someone did that basically tracks all of the auto, all of the possible autodiscover domain combinations and basically tells you if they are active, if they're not, if they're trying to do the old switcheroo attack that I that right. I did. So super cool. My apologies for not, uh, it's somewhere in my Twitter DMs. I, I really want to give the guy a shout out because it's, it's a really, we'll, cool. we'll find it and put it in yeah. the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Great, 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 great. Yeah. So it's auto discover, uh, auto discover dash vulnerable dash tlds.com. So super cool project. And the guy has also been very awesome. Like we've been talking about, uh, hmm. uh, how to detect those things. So really cool. So I really recommend that as well. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Awesome. That's awesome. Before we go off the point, uh, I I have the benefit of of having everyone in this forum. So Warren's worked for two global vendors who've had a huge security focus, and would you say with, um, and and I want to say the decades that you've got between those vendors, would you say that things are becoming more mature in terms of the vulnerability discussions, or do you think that we kind of stuck in a rut of hysteria? Are you asking me or Warren? I'm sorry. I'm asking Warren. Oh, Warren was hoping he was asking you, though. <laughs> no, sorry. Look, look, look. Uh, all things considered, um, Microsoft specifically, I mean, me working at Microsoft, um, the entire ecosystem is different to the way it used to be, right? So under Satya Nadella, you know, number one open source provider on the planet, um, they welcome community, they welcome, you know, features, um, bugs, all those sorts of things. And I guess that, gen and, 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 and it's like you say, so you assume zero trust all the time, you always assume breach. Um, it's something they recommend from the get go. Um, so that stuff like this doesn't happen. Um, they also release patches and all sorts of recommendations and things like that. And look, it's a moving target all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, advanced threat protection, on a Kubernetes cluster three years ago wasn't a thing, hmm. but it is now, right? And we don't know necessarily if 
and again, you, it's like you're saying, this, this whole ransomware thing and the IoT and stuff, this stuff's always going to be around, right? And it's like you said a little bit earlier, it's how you approach the subject and how you mitigate the issue. And so if we have to take it back to, right, like low level here, yes, it's a really shitty thing and it sucks. However, if you were using newer technologies, if you assume zero trust in your organization, if you were using, let's say, managed devices and patching and so on and so forth, then this doesn't actually affect you at all. It's people who have perhaps got uh, like a single IT guy <laughs> that's like 45 years old that lives with his parents. Hey, man. Managed hey. to exchange <laughs> server. Don't, don't hate on me. We had huge, huge companies leak domain. Like I don't know, we no, were in our report. It wasn't. It wasn't sure. companies with like one IT guy in in their basement. Yeah, sure. But again, so then what happens is, as far as I'm concerned, the person who runs that IT department or that infosec department should be held responsible because they clearly don't know what's going on in their environment. They haven't done any sort of testing. They haven't done any sort of checking to see if they're vulnerable to anything really. I mean, so if there's this massive company that's been affected by this particular bug, it's their fault because they should have been checking this. I mean, it's like you don't go, I mean, like if you're, I mean, so when there's a, a zero day found for, I don't know, a 40 gate firewall or something, right? And the guy, 40 gate releases a patch the next day, right? To mitigate the issue. If you don't patch your servers or your, mm -hmm. your firewalls, it's your fault. And similarly here, you don't turn off basic auth because you know it's a risk. It's your fault. <laughs> you know, it's so, yeah. I, I think, I, think I, I try turning off basic auth in some cases, like when I played with exchanges configuration, like I try to do it myself, like turn off basic auth in all sorts of places in, in exchange itself. And things just broke. And I had to tear my setup and, and rebuild it. And I have a friend who's, uh, who works for an MSP in Canada. And, and he calls me the day that the report published and said, well, you know, I tried to disable uh, basic auth on uh, a few of my, of the customers that I'm managing. Oh, yeah. It, it broke everything. It's hard on on-prem exchange to do that. Yeah. And in fact, so if you want to use, you know, if you want to be using like uh, Azure AD and like the hybrid modern auth stuff, you know, with exchange, even if you're on-prem, you, you have to have Office 365. You have to, so there's a, there's a, it, it can be a challenge, right? Uh, in one of my tweets, I said like, I can't believe that Microsoft Exchange is actually like is actually working because like when you look at the inner workings of it, it's just so many things that are like tied to each other in a weird way. It's like a bunch of uh, IIS modules and a bunch of .NET code that gets executed. It's like it's it's a huge huge project with 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 so many codependencies. Mm -hmm. And now you know I'm just this one guy who's not that smart i'm far from being a software engineer and i'm far from telling microsoft how to design their stuff not doing that but we also need to take into consideration both as customers or users of microsoft exchange and microsoft needs to take it into consideration as you know the entity that develops and keeps this thing alive is that mm -hmm. when you have a project that has so many cross dependencies and it's so intricate and like things mm. are interconnected in like so many weird ways, things are going to break and mm. things aren't going to be easy to disable or configure or whatever. So there's that problem. I think that it's, it's, it's such a, it, it, it's, it, I, I don't have a solution for it. I'm just a guy that ruins other people's weekends, but, uh, <laughs> but it, 
it, it's tough. It's tough for Microsoft as well. Like I'm not, I, mm. you know, there's no yeah. way around it. Look, I think it just reiterates the point, right? It's like there's a there's a responsibility all around here. It, it's not one person or one organization that, has, that, that that can solve this problem, right? Like there has yeah. to every, the the vendor has to be open to dialogue with the researchers, right? And they're, they're, customers have a responsibility to also try and keep things up to date and 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 make sure that they're doing right by by things. And and you know there are going to be instances where it doesn't work and we don't win. But if we if we're open to the conversation and we're willing to react quickly enough to things, then we can not be a target, right? Because let's be honest, like the bad actors are multiplying every day and these guys are mm. super smart with the way that they're attacking things and they're motivated by money, right? And greed is a powerful thing. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's how we that's how we got to do it. So, look, I think uh, wanting to be respectful of everyone's time, I feel like, yep. we, you know, we've, this has been a really, really good discussion. I mean, and really, really appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, and I, really I, appreciate being, I appreciate the opportunity to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, thank you for being open and transparent and yeah, uh, about it. And, and you know, and, and, and uh, you know, um, typically Warren is our is our resident clown, but, uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun talking to you today as well. So <laughs> no, I, no, I enjoyed it. I didn't have any smart cracks today. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even if you have some, come at me. <laughs> no, but you know, you Microsoft people coming at me. No, I think I think you've had enough Microsoft people accost you. <laughs> so, so for those for those folks, I guess who who haven't uh, slid into your DMs just yet, um, uh, are you happy to be found on 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 Twitter? You have your Twitter handle up on the video here, but uh, yeah, we'll put my, it in my, the show notes if you're happy with that. Yeah, my Twitter is there. That's great. I I try to be as approachable as I can. I try to answer to as many people as I can. Again, as long as it doesn't uh, make things too difficult. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and yeah, I always appreciate a discussion. I always, I, I, I enjoy talking to people and discussing about this. Like security mm. is like, you know, it's the only thing I think I know how to do. So like if, mm. if I, if I'm, if I'm out of job in that, I'm, I'm, I'm in kind of a problem. So I, I enjoy, I enjoy talking to people about this thing. I'm super passionate about it, but my, my sole requirement is let's have a polite and cordial and, 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 mm. and, and just an adult discussion. Like mm -hmm. we're all adults here. Mm. let's yeah. behave like adults and yeah. that's it and let's hope that more good comes out of this than the bad no agreed right right so yeah, yeah like I, I i haven't seen any other than we're looking into it right i haven't seen anything else out of microsoft just mm. yet but I'm, I'm hoping you know in the coming days and weeks there'll be some sort of uh more in-depth technical statement around what they found i'm what sure the indications are for that you know um things like that and and you know we can only hope that we you know yeah, move, move things forward in a more secure manner. So great. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. much. Cool. Okay. Bye bye. Take care. Ciao. Bye. Hey, everyone. Before you go, we just wanted to say thank you for listening. We really enjoy putting this podcast together for you every two weeks. Please visit us at thearchitects.cloud or alternatively drop us a tweet. We'd love to hear what you have to say. At the Cloud Arc.